Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 47. Guys, I'm I'm stoked about today's episode. I've been I've been watching this guy for a long time, him and his wife. Um, he's a prophetic dreamer, a prophetic voice. He's the founder of Vanquish Prophetic Warriors. And he's also the founder of Unapologetic Unapologetic Dreamers. Welcome, my guest today, Andrew Whalen. How's it going, man? Good, Jeff. Thanks for having yeah. me, bro. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. I'm I'm really stoked. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be good. So um so for people who that the people that don't know who you are, go ahead and just give uh, a little bit about yourself and what you're about. Yeah, so uh, I am originally from Illinois and um, just turned 40 this year. I'm trying to stay as young as I can possibly be. You look great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, my wife and I have been married 17 years and uh, we've got three kids. And we were in Colorado Springs with Lou Engle for the past three, three and a half, four years uh, on core leadership with him. And um, God suddenly uprooted us, spoke to us. You're moving to the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And he told us we're going to begin to develop an apostolic training center. Amazing. And uh, we're going to begin to align with kingdom uh, assignments and ventures and people within the seven mountains of society. So we are in a process of just just hearing what God is having us do, and we're we're in the process of getting property right now. So we're in Amazing. some interesting transitions, but God yeah. is really clearly speaking. And um, and so I I lead a couple different ministries: Vanquish, Prophetic Warriors, and then Unapologetic Dreamers. That's uh, my, what my wife and I do together. And uh, Vanquish is more of my baby. That is, uh, I really have a heart to infuse a spiritual special forces type DNA into a people um, that really, uh, which I've got a background history with that. Um, I'll, well, I'll tell you the way it started yeah. real quick and then I'll hand it back to you. But the way, yeah, that, man, say whatever. Yeah. The, the, the way it started was I was at a, um, well, this is in 2010. I had a dream and I found myself prophesying this word. And I, in the dream, I said, um, when you hear the word spiritual boot camp, what do you think of? And all these people begin to respond to me. It means to be trained for war. It means to be equipped for battle, to go against the enemy and, and be victorious. And I said, yes, all of this is accurate and true. I said, but we have no business going to fight an enemy. We're unprepared to fight. Mm, that's good. And so I woke up from the dream and I thought to myself, what is a spiritual boot camp? I'd never heard the phrase. <laughs> and I, I was like, what do I do with this? So about a week later, af after I'd been praying and pondering the, the phrase spiritual boot camp, I'm at a mm -hmm. conference and um, a man I've never met and he never met me. I'd only just recently heard of him. His name is Todd White. Todd White said at a conference, he has an altar call to come forward. Um, and I'm up there and he, he had told everybody that came forward. He said, Hey, I'm not going to pray over you, uh, because you don't need me. You just need the Holy spirit to come and touch you. I said, yeah, praise the Lord. Let's do it. So he didn't pray for anybody, but he looked over at me and he come ran, ran up to me and he said, I hear the word spiritual boot camp. 
Come on, dude. He says, and I see a vision flash before me. And the Lord says, you're going to raise up a company of warriors to go into the enemy's camp and take back what he has stolen. And so I've, you know, that was kind of a, a seed that got planted in those early days. And I just felt that burning fire in my heart. Like it's time. It's time that the enemy knows what's up. No one mm-hmm. knows what time it is and who God is among his people. Yeah. And um, so that's, you know, anyway, I could talk more about that, but that, Hey that. man, I'm, <laughs> I'm all for it, dude. I think that's sweet. And it, like, what, what, uh, that's like amazing confirmation too. Right. You know? Yeah, bro. In fact, you know, fast forward, I didn't see Todd, you know, it's crazy. Like it was that one altar call that was in 2010, a whole year later. I'm at a uh, a huge convention in Chicago. I mean, there's probably 12,000 people. And Todd's not even a guest speaker there. He was just walking in the hallway. And, of course, I recognize him. He's got his dreads and everything. Yeah, how, how can you not? <laughs> yeah. And I'm just, like, mixing into the crowd. No, you know, no one really knows me or anything. So, yeah. But he looks down the hall and literally sees me walking down. And he goes, spiritual boot camp, spiritual boot camp. And <laughs> just starts shouting it at me. I'm like, God, you got my attention here. All right. I'm yeah. paying attention. So it's just it. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So then it's been a process of that. When did you actually, when was your first, so that was in 2010 when he gave you that, that confirmation, right? Yeah. And then how long after that was it when you actually did your, is it like a school? Is it like a, a workshops? Like, what does it look like? Yeah. So I do a number of things. I, um, do online well let me just say i'll back up and say i started god told me you're going to leave your marketplace job that was in 2013 and he said and you're going to raise up a house of prayer Mm -hmm. so that's what my wife and i did we raised up a house of prayer and in the midst of the house of prayer the lord really taught us um about regional level uh territorial warfare Mm -hmm. and uh, i wouldn't have asked for it but it, it all of a sudden we went through um, three years of uh, wow, intense, intense warfare. And God just kind of allowed us to go through the fire. Um, but, but we weren't destroyed, you know, we weren't, yeah. we weren't burned. God allowed us to pass through it so that we could learn some things. And so mm. on the hindsight of those three, three to four years, I just felt like we had gained a measure of weapons and wisdom and understanding about how to equip people to really go into a region and establish the kingdom, start to make waves for the kingdom of God. And, Good. and so we, we did that for a number of years. We raised up two college ministries. Um, we would do open air preaching, we'd go down to the bars. We do, you know, prophetic evangelism. Um, you name it, we were doing it. We were doing deliverance ministry people. We saw people getting saved and healed and, um, you know, whenever you want a story, I can inject one. So, <laughs> Hey man, just start pulling them out. I love yeah. stories, dude. I'm yeah. a storyteller. I love it. I love well, stories. Dude, so. Let me tell you this story because this is early yes. on. We Sweet. started this house of prayer and it was amazing. The, the people that were attracted to this were like young, fiery college age, young adult age, um, people. And, um, and I was a little bit younger then, but you know, not much anyway. <laughs> so I was still trying to fit in back then, but no, 
I was, you know, I was like, man, I love these people. That's when I started drinking coffee. We're up till two and three in the morning every night. <laughs> uh, but one of the things that we felt like is we were like, God, how great would it be if what you're doing in the Middle East with showing up in dreams at night, you know, and, you know, why, why does it only have to happen in Islamic countries? Why right. can't you drop a bomb of the Holy Spirit right on the university, right in our own community. What if we begin to contend for a little, a, a literal uh, outpouring, a deluge of prophetic dreams upon mm. the students at this campus? So we just, for a week, we began to pray and said, God, would you pour out dreams? And at the end of the week, we said, let's go and evangelize on the campus. And so, um, the so we prayed that week for dreams. The first day after the the week of prayer the first thing i did is i step out onto the campus at illinois state university kid you not i overhear a conversation the first conversation i overhear at at the very moment i'm stepping onto the campus and it's two girls talking and one girl looks at her friend and said you know i have had a reoccurring dream this whole entire week dude and she goes i yeah. have no idea what it means and i'm like Whoa, Holy Spirit, I, I hear you right now. Come on, boom. So I run over to this girl and I say, hey, I said, this might sound crazy. I'm a Christian and I actually believe that God can speak in dreams. Do you care if you tell me your dream? Because I might have some understanding of what it could mean. So she said, sure. So she says, well, okay, every night this week, I've dreamt that me and my family have built our house on a real sandy foundation. And she goes, in the dream, a storm came, knocked the house down, and we all died inside. Hmm. And I'm like, I'm like, girl, you're dreaming Bible. This is this Jesus preached this very sermon about where you should build your house. Mm -hmm. And I said, I really believe God's telling you it's time to stop living life on a foundation that has no security, no hope, and no protection. And I said, here's the foundation that he actually told tells us we can build our life on led led the girl to the lord right there she prayed on, to receive jesus the friend that was with her was so impacted by what just happened she said i want to receive jesus too so right dude. there boom boom come and on <laughs> man yes but here's what the lord said he said andrew he said i just gave you a kiss to let you know that when you are praying for my spirit to pour out dreams and revelation I am responding. And the Lord said, you have no idea how many others throughout this whole entire community just received uh, encounter from my spirit this week. So mm. I, it was incredible, man. It's an incredible time. And that's, that's amazing, dude. And I would imagine yeah. you've seen uh, an increase in that over the years too. Uh, yes. For sure, right? Yeah. Um, well, yes. And in fact, <laughs> I'll tell you this, and I won't go into a long story, but I've had numbers of occasions now where instead of God giving other people dreams, he'll give me a dream about a complete stranger, and later that day I'll walk into a place and I'll see the very stranger I just dreamed about. Wow. And I'll dude. go up and tell them the information that I just had in the dream, and um, you know, it's, it's unmistakable. And they'll either usually literally freak out and cry, or they'll um, they're just stunned like deer in the headlights and wow. so this has happened you know it doesn't happen every day but 
it happens enough where I'm like, God, you're in the business of speaking and encountering mm-hmm. people all the time. I love it. Yeah. Hey, there's um, there was a post you made a while ago and actually it just popped in my head because I actually feel like there's somebody that needs to hear this story. You walked into a coffee shop wearing a dreamer beanie. You had like a beanie on that at a dreamer. Can you tell that story? Because there's somebody that actually needs to hear that what the guy, the guy was at, there's somebody that's in a similar place to that guy. So, yeah, absolutely, man. Um, yeah, I walk into my wife and I made a little merch for our dreamer, uh, unapologetic dreamers. And so I had this stocking cap that just said dreamer real big on it. And this guy walks up to me and said, Hey bro, are you a dreamer? I said, yeah, man, are you a dreamer? He goes, yeah, I am too. And, um, I said, um, I said, Oh, bro, what's your name? And he says, Drew. I said, my name's Drew too. And, uh, I said, what do you do? He goes, well, I'm, I do a, like a home ministry and I'm also right now connected to upper room. And I said, bro, same thing, literally (laughs) same thing. And I said, where do you live? He goes, you know, tells me the town he lives in. I'm like, bro, I live in the same exact town. We're doing the same exact thing. And I said, how many kids you got? He goes, I got three kids, a daughter and two boys. She's, uh, what is it? 15 and uh, 11 and nine. I go, bro, same daughter, 15, two boys, 11 and nine. This is so bizarre. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like the Holy spirit is shouting and saying, I made this happen. I'm aligning you because I'm letting you know that I can, I can meet you and speak to you any, anywhere at any time. And uh, I'm trying to remember the rest of the story now, but we basically got connected. Yeah. but he he had said that he was he was a dreamer and that he had recently like gone through like a drought. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he had he told me, he goes, Bro, I, I'm a dreamer. He goes, actually, he goes, I've just been through a really hard season though. And mm-hmm. he he just said, I, I went through some major church hurt and pain and, mm-hmm. and all of this. And he goes, literally, it's like my dreams just kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. And um and and even and I knew also that he wasn't just referring to his nighttime dreams. I knew like he was actually saying it's hard for his heart to even hope to have a sense of dreaming again. And so he goes, I just believe you're a sign to me today. And I'm like, bro, if there's no other sign, this is it, man. The, the yeah. fact that we're like the same name doing the same thing. It's incredible. So him and I have actually stayed in contact. It's been it's been fun, man. It's been incredible. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and the thing that I love about you and your wife, Kelly, is that you guys are dreamers, but you're also dreamers, like like casting vision and and all of that. And I love um I love that. I think it's it's so needed. And you guys have such a heart for championing people and investing in people, and it's so evident. So um wow. love it. Love That's it. That's encouraging. So have you always been, um, cause you dream a lot, right? Yeah. Uh, not in night season. You dream a lot. Um, yeah. and, uh, has that always been the case since you were young or what, what has that process been like for you? You know, um, I, I can remember a few prophetic dreams when I was young. Um, but I actually believe something was it was almost, you know, I I hear all the time about kids, you know, they're operating at a strong, on in a strong prophetic gifting already when they're young. Mm-hmm. That's my daughter. My daughter, she's nice. been dreaming since she's been tiny. 
And that, and that's actually most of my kids is they're just dreamers all the time. Me, on the other hand, I only remember a couple dreams when I was a kid. And it wasn't until I got to a time and a place in my life where I began to seek God. And um, I got so, uh, have you ever, have you ever read the Bible and has it ever provoked you? And you're just like, why does my life not look like what it says oh, I, I should yes. be looking like, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I was like, man, this shouldn't be happening. I shouldn't, there shouldn't be such a contradiction with my life and what the Bible says about who I really am in Christ. Mm-hmm. And so I just was like, enough. If this book is true, I'm going to find out. And so I just said, God, your word says that if we seek you, we will find you. That became mm-hmm. one of the most gripping promises over my whole entire being. Wow. It literally would drive me. Uh, you know, it was grace, but it was driving me back to this place. It made me so hungry. The thought that I could actually discover limitless things in the Lord that he provided us. Mm-hmm. And he made, a, he made a guarantee, sealed it with his blood, said, if you seek me, you will find me. Mm-hmm. And so it became a an obsession for me in college for us for a long season of time and during that season of seeking the lord i would say that that is when the prophetic dimension especially in dreams began to open up and so i i began to um i remember the first times it started would be um <laughs> my poor roommates i live with like these wild crazy college uh, football players. Um, one of the guys was actually trying to be a, he was trying to live for the Lord, but he was just in a, man, it was a rough season for him. Mm -hmm. So I felt bad for the dude. I'm like, bro, you should, you should (laughs) have never mind. You should have never asked me to live with you because every morning I'm dreaming about what's going on in his life. And so, you know, one morning I, I remember waking up and he, he tells me he's going somewhere that day. He's going to the gym. And, um, all of a sudden I remembered the dream I had from that night. And he told me the exact thing that he was going to the gym, but in my dream, he was actually going, uh, to mess around with a girl that he should not be with. And on the way he got in a car accident and was killed. And so I ran out to the road. He starts, he's almost starting to drive off and I, and I go banging on the door and I'm like, bro. I just now remembered. I said, you're not going to the gym, are you? I said, you are going to this girl's place and you know what you're going to do. And I said, and the Lord said, you'll never make it back because you'll be in a car accident and die. And I'm not trying to manipulate you. That's the dream. That's the word. So here you go. (laughs) And so, uh, so he said, he literally pulls back in. He goes, I feel like I'm going to be sick to my stomach. He goes, I "I literally lied to you. I was going to this girl's house. I'm like, well, God loves you so much. He did not want you to go. He knew what was going to happen. And, um, but anyway, it was things like that. I mean, I just remember that off the top of my head. Things like that, that I began to see, oh, God, you're not just, these aren't just little, like, I don't know, pizza things, pizza dreams that we're getting in the night. Right. You're actually engaging with me. You're do, you are connecting and communicating your language. Uh, and I, you know, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing, dude. I love it. I love it. So, um, 
So when was it? So it was around like college age when you started getting serious with the Lord. Is that what you're saying? Was it like high school? Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash donate and become a partner today. Yeah. So, um, you know, honestly, uh, my my mom was a very prophetic woman mm-hmm. and, and she was really the spiritual leader. And so I was very grateful to have her as that spiritual leader. My dad is, you know, a great man. Um, and now he's a, a believer, but growing up he was not. And so mm-hmm. it was a it was a difficult place to be. Um, but all that to say is I, I genuinely had a relationship with the Lord growing up all the days that I can remember. Mm-hmm. People ask me like when's the first time you asked the Lord into your heart? I'm like honestly I, I have no first recollection because I was so young. And, you know, when you're young, I, my mom would always just say, ask Jesus into your heart. And so, I mean, I probably every day of my life, I was like, Jesus, come into my heart. Yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, um, so I had a legitimate relationship with the Lord. And, you know, my mom has videos, old, old school videos of me where I'm, I'm praying in tongues at the age of three. Dude. And, you know, it was, I'm like, I don't totally remember that, but I remember always having a prayer language that I don't remember when it actually started. And mm. so it, it's pretty interesting. And uh, people ask me like, well, when was the first time? I'm like, well, it's a little, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know, along the, yeah, yeah, along the way though, I, I've definitely had to make these, these real, um, you know, decisions in my life, real conscious decisions of God, I'm I'm letting go of all of these other things, all of these other things that have contended for my heart and all of these. I, I am deciding afresh to mm. give all of my life and, and everything. So there's been these moments where I've really transitioned. And so fast forward, yes, high school. Um, I'll, I'll just be real. High school was tough. Not having a, a male figure as a spiritual leader was a, a bit difficult for me in my early teenage years, because I didn't have anybody to talk to about um, sexual purity, um, about lust, about pornography, all of those Mm -hmm. things that I was going to face as a young man. And I didn't. So let me just say, I struggled in these areas. Um, Thankfully, I, I'd never had, you know, um, a sexual relationship with another um, young woman outside of marriage. I'm grateful that God kept me from that, but I definitely had some areas of strongholds where it came to pornography and lust. And I honestly thought I was the only person that was dealing with that because Mm. no one talked about it. No, I never had a spiritual leader talk to me about it. And I, uh, I don't know if I think it's changed nowadays. I feel like it's a bit more of a topic of conversation that leaders talk about, but back then it, it, it was a bit less, talked about right. so i struggled with shame i struggled with feeling like i am the only one in this spot and so that was in my high school years and then finally i got serious about purity and um and that's really what set me well i'll tell you what set me on a fresh pursuit of the lord was god said i wanted to marry my um i wanted to date and then marry my present wife but at the time my girlfriend yeah. And he said, Andrew, you have no business seeking 
this woman for marriage when you're dealing with this. If you continue mm. to deal with this and and get married, you will destroy your marriage. Wow. And so I said, mm. well, God, I can't get rid of this myself. I'm going to need you. So I began to seek the Lord like a wild man to say, God, <laughs> you're all I've got. You are the only place I have that can help deliver me out of this stronghold. Mm. And so I praise God. Like he really did. He really shifted That's amazing, my heart. Man. Um, Dude. And, yeah. And I've had, you know, I've learned, you know, you can't, you can't stand on or be assured based on yesterday's victories for today. Every day is going to have battle, but you learn over time how to be stand firm and, mm-hmm. you know, resist or flee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. Anyway, I don't know if you, I, I don't know why I got down that tangent. No, but. man, I think it's good. I think it's good. And honestly, man, I can really relate just in terms of you saying like um, you had these moments in your life that were kind of like sort of like stakes in the ground, I guess. Because um, I definitely, definitely have that. And even just my our upbringing sounds similar um, mm-hmm. in that, you know, when I came to the Lord, I didn't really have my my dad wasn't work really walking strong with the Lord. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, it, it became, I, I was fortunate that the Lord brought, I don't know if maybe he was the same with you, but that the Lord brought, I, I had an ache in my heart for people that could show me the way, or at least be a good demonstration. And I was grateful that the Lord brought people into my life who were older that were able to, 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 to mentor me and to, to show me. Um, a better way. Um, I know. Did you have that at all, or was it a lot of it was like you were out in the woods by yourself? <laughs> no, you know. Uh, actually, it started. It started with me out in the woods by myself, mm-hmm. where it was just me and God. Um, but the Lord knew, and I, and I, in the same way, had that same longing as you, God. I, I want. I so desire to live the life that you have purchased uh, for me to live with your own precious blood. I, I am, I want to live that life that you have, mm. that you've possessed uh, for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, but I know that I'm going to need some people. I'm going to need some fathers, some mothers, some big brothers, big sisters. And, you know, um, and so God really did send people and he sent mothers and fathers. And, you know, I, mm. it's interesting because, over time, I've discovered uh, that many of the mothers and fathers that I had, n- I had no personal relationship with these people early on, but I would dream about them. And, and I saw that God was connecting me with them in the spirit and saying, hey, you know, maybe go follow them or go hear what they have to say or, you know, stuff like that. And it's interesting over time, um, God would divinely connect me with these people. Mm. And it was almost like he was saying, I, I've not left you, Andrew. I've not left you alone. I was, I was connecting you with people that carry a similar DNA and, and that you're, you're, uh, you're needed to be aligned with in life. And one mm. of those people is uh, Lou Engel. Nice. So uh, Lou, Lou was a father um, in uh, <laughs> kind of a wild story, but the Lord, gave me a dream about him and said to uh, go to Washington, D.C. And um, well, 
two things. I don't know if you got if you've heard of a man named Sean Smith. Um, Sean, his wife is Krista no. Smith. I would recommend. Is it S H A W N? S E A N. So S E A N. Sean I'm Smith. Look at, I'm just looking up live. Why not? Let's do yeah, this. Yeah, do it, bro. So Sean and Krista. I I think hers is. Oh gosh, I don't know how to spell Krista. I think it's C H. R I T A. Yeah. So do you see them? Yeah. Okay. So Sean was actually, he might've been one of the original catalysts in my life um, early on for the prophetic. He Mm. wrote a book called prophetic evangelism. And I heard him speak at a conference when I was in college. In fact, I'm, I'm going to give them a plug right now. You should do it. You should give Sean and Krista Smith a, a listen, a follow, and you should bring them onto this show. <laughs> Word. I was actually real. just thinking that when I was looking, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I- I'll tell you this story, and maybe I can get it. This is a little bit of a tangent. Uh, is this Dude, okay if I'm just going tangent, on? Bro, I love, I'm the king of tangents. Go for okay. it. Yeah. All right. So um, Sean, uh, he was at a, he was speaking at a conference. This was when I was in college. Um, my wife, sorry, my girlfriend, who is now my wife, but at the time we were dating, we really disagreed on things. She was from a very conservative Presbyterian background, didn't believe in speaking in tongues, didn't believe in really that the gifts of the spirit were for today. That was what how she was taught. And yep. so we kind of butted heads and, um, you know, I told her, I'm like, well, I've been speaking in tongues since I've been three. What do you mean you don't believe in speaking in tongues? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we just had some interesting conversations. Well, we got to this point in our relationship where we were like, God, either we're going to break up or, or something's got to happen. Well, we went to this conference. I talked to her into going to this uh, salt. It was called Salt, and it was in Cincinnati, Ohio. And Sean Smith is preaching. At the end of his message, he has an altar call, and he said, if anybody wants to receive more of the Holy Spirit, come forward. I'm up there, and, um, and I'm, I'm just saying, God, I, I want more of you. And all of a sudden, and I, I'm not making this up, I hear the audible voice of the Lord. And it was wow. so loud. I mean, there was hundreds of people at the altar. What, when I heard his voice, I looked around because I thought everybody <laughs> around me just had to hear what I heard. Or that somebody was shouting behind me, dude. but it said, rest and know that I have Kelly for you and who is my wife. Mm. And so I didn't realize it, but she's also up at the altar call and she's getting baptized in the Holy spirit. She's finding herself praying out, crying out in tongues, praising the Lord and everything in our relationship, uh, shifted that day. Um, you know, I never did tell her that the Lord spoke to me about her until after we got engaged because I didn't want to pull the God, the God told me card. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, however, let me say this. <clears throat> I was I was at a married couple's Bible study about six months after that, um, after we got married. Mm-hmm. And there's a man. Uh, leading the group. And he says, I want all of the husbands right now to go around and share how God brought you together with your wife. So the guy that shared before I did had never heard my story and I had never heard his. And he goes, well, 
he goes, many years ago or a few years ago, I was at a conference. It was called SALT. It was in Cincinnati, Ohio. There was a man named uh, Sean Smith who got up to speak, had an altar call to receive more of the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm scratching my head like, what, what's happening right That's, now? Uh, no, yeah. And he, he, goes, he goes, while I was up at the altar, he goes, I heard the audible voice of the Lord. And the Lord said, rest and know that I have Jill for you, which is his wife now. And in the moment he said that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, see, Andrew, I told you I have inheritance for my saints. Hmm. And um, so I, I, I took that long way around to just say that Sean Smith played a key, and he knows about this. I've told him about this now, but he played a key and a pivotal role in my life, even from a distance. Mm. And it opened this floodgate of hunger to be like, God, when you speak, it changes, it changes life. It changes mm. the world. You know, there's a scripture that says um, the words from your lips or the words from your mouth are more valuable than thousands of pieces than go- of gold and silver. Mm-hmm. And it's really true. It's like I just began to, to hunger. I felt the most valuable thing I could possess was words from his lips. God, if mm-hmm. I could just hear your voice, if I could just get your messages, even in the night seasons or yeah. when I'm awake. And so, yeah, Sean was one of the key catalysts that, that um, watching him and experiencing the ministry of the spirit through his life mm-hmm. uh, set me it set me on fire to pursue a, a prophetic uh, dimension of the spirit in my life. Amen. And then Dude. of course, fast forward, uh, Lou Engel, I got connected with Lou and um, I'll tell you this. <clears throat> the first dream I had about Lou Engel, an angel came to me and pointed at Lou Engel and said, see that man? I said, yes. He said, never stop following that man. I said, okay. So from that moment on, I have dreamed for Lou. So that was in 2005. So I've continuously dreamed for Lou uh, throughout the years. Even when we've been physically separated and distant from each other, I'll get dreams for him that are really uh, prophetic based on where he's at or or the assignment God has for him. Uh, But I guess all that to say is just that God is in the business of raising up uh, family and fathers mm. and mothers, mentors, you know, brother, big brothers and sisters, because he doesn't want to leave us alone. Yeah. He doesn't want to leave us, uh, you know, yeah, we're, we're not alone. We're accepted yeah. among the beloved. We have a family at our fingertips and God Amen. has a way of bringing us to them in the right time. Yeah. Yeah. So there's people that are going to be asking, I can just see it now in the comments going, how do I get somebody? I'm in desperate need of a spiritual brother or sister or a spiritual mother or father or the cool aunt or the cool uncle in the spirit. I don't know. What would you say to people? Because from my perspective, I would say God, God, God will honor that. Continue pursuing him. He is going to honor that. He is going to bring those people along your path. But what would you say, Andrew? Um, yeah, I I would say, who better who better to ask than your heavenly Father? Mm. 
And, you know, there, there are times where I would not have actually chosen the person that God put before me uh, because I didn't like the package they came in. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't like the manner in which, in which they were. I didn't like their manner. And yet some of the richest, most valuable uh, wisdom or experiences came in connection with these people. And so I would say this, one of the, the keys is to say, Father, whoever is needed in my life that will help me walk out the destiny that you've written for my life, bring me into, bring them into my life at the right time. And I will trust you and I will follow you. This is the other thing. We're not just following people to follow people. I will follow them as they follow Christ. Ultimately, I'm looking for Christ in them. Mm -hmm. I'm looking and listening for his voice. Okay. Um, I, I think there's, there is a danger sometimes in, in the, hey, I'm looking for that father or that brother that, that you begin to um, elevate them over the voice of the Lord or over the word of God. And, and that's not what God wants. He wants these people to be vessels. Uh, where you hear and see and experience Christ. Mm -hmm. And that early on, I had to be taught that, that um, honestly, I can hear Christ. If I'm paying attention, I can hear Christ in through a donkey. If I'm paying close enough attention, sometimes donkeys are speaking in around me. You know, like sometimes people that I, I don't even think they know God. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes if I'm paying attention, Christ can be speaking something through them to me. Yeah. And oh, yeah. he's, he's like, don't underestimate how I want to speak to you and to who, through whom it might be. Yeah. Um, but here's the deal. We have a good father. You and I and everyone listening has a really good father. And he says that if you ask, ask of the father in the name of his son, and he will grant what you ask, he will give that to you. So we can seek him for good things. And it is his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And so he will, he'll do these things. Yeah. And one thing that I was actually going to say as well is some of my best teachers have been people that weren't overtly like, come Jeff, let me show you the ways. They're just people that were around me that I was observing. And they're actually people that rubbed me the wrong way. As a right. matter of fact, I was like, I don't want anything to do with this person. They're annoying mm -hmm. or they're. And then I was the one that had to change and realized that, I mean, it's like, if you are following the Lord, you're going to have the awareness of knowing, okay, it's a hard issue on my part. I need to change. Um, and then there was a summer camp I went to, and there was this girl who was there that rubbed everybody wrong. And by the end of the summer, she was one of my favorite people. And it was like, and I learned so much through her and the way that she saw the world um, that I think that sometimes it could be people that there might be somebody, one of you guys out there, uh, that it's somebody that you're like, it's the person you want out just because they're they're annoying you. Maybe you, they, they zing your pride in just the right way, but they actually could be the very person that God is trying to mold your character through being in communion with this person. So. Yeah. People weathered out, you guys. Amen. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's not always like 
whoa, it's not, it's not always Lou Engel, you know? No, <laughs> you no. Know? So, yeah. 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 So was it because um, you started dreaming and you, you shared that story about your roommate who's going to go out. You had that dream. What Was there ever a, a transition period? Because you actually do. The Lord speaks to you about seasons that we're in now um, in the body of Christ or even just in the world even larger global scale things as well. Was there ever a transition from dreaming about my housemate to dreaming about, you know, large scale stuff? Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash donate. Now back to the show. Yeah. And in fact, let me help everybody out here because this will this will encourage you because this is the process. You know, Moses knew the ways of God, and sometimes we're trying to get somewhere, but we don't know God's ways. Mm-hmm. And so, one of the main, you know, not that God, not that God's confined to doing everything always the same way, but but biblically speaking, we can see throughout so many examples that God, uh, He develops trust within his servants or his friends or his vessels. And so, you know, to whom much is given, much is required, Mm -hmm. you know, and so if you're faithful in little, you'll be faithful in much. And so uh, to he who has more will be given to he who has not even what he has will be taken from him. Mm -hmm. So what God does, and he's so faithful, he's so faithful. Listen to this, God, he doesn't, sometimes people think that God's like the the thief. He just comes to steal. It's like, no, no, this is the devil's identity. Yeah. The devil takes what we have. God doesn't. He wants to give us his kingdom. He wants to grow us. He wants to mature us. He wants to expand us. His king, the kingdom of God is an ex, uh, expansive kingdom. It's not getting smaller. It's getting bigger and mm-hmm. it's advancing. It's True. leaven. It's leavening the whole lump. And so God is not intending uh, to keep you in a confined place where you're meant for more. But he doesn't allow you to go into the the greater without learning some stewardship and faithfulness in the smaller. And that's why he says, don't despise the small beginnings. Don't despise these humble places. Why? Mm. Because they are, these are the testing grounds for promotion. Amen. God's saying, don't despise them. He goes, yeah, it doesn't look fancy. Yeah, it stinks for a little bit. Yeah, it's not fun or, you know what I mean? No, it does not come with a lot of fanfare. But in this place, your character is is really uh, sharpened. You you mm-hmm. get, it's it has to become about Christ and him alone because you don't know how long you're going to be in that place until God says, nope, now it's time to move beyond these uh, these, this measure, these boundary lines. And so, um, and, and the reason that he has to do that also is because when you're given more responsibility with the responsibility comes his authority and Mm. authority is, is, um, very, it's, it's great, but it's also dangerous because with your authority, you can hurt many people. And that's why God is saying, I have to test you in the small places, the the humble places um, to see uh, if you if you can be trustworthy with this because if you're trustworthy with this, I know, 
according to his word. I know you'll be trustworthy with the larger things. So mm-hmm. I guess that uh, is a way to say that this is God's ways. He finds you. And now look, he does this too. If you've ever found yourself, which I have, I found myself repeatedly walking around the same mountains over and over saying, <laughs> and God saying, it, you didn't learn that quite as well as you needed to. So let's just walk around this again. Yeah, we're going to go and, one more time. You know, and, and he's really not in a rush like we are. God's not in yeah. a rush to make us something before we're ready to handle it. And so, mm. I don't know. I'm sorry if I'm being preachy on this, but. Don't, dude. <laughs> I just feel no, like this is dude. real talk. Yeah. You know, like we don't, we don't talk a lot about these realities. I feel like in the, in the church, we don't talk about these testing grounds. Dude. but they are essential. They're significant and essential. Let's just be honest and say, how how destructive has it been on the name of Christ and for his kingdom purposes by people coming into too much responsibility too quickly and they bypass their testing seasons and what happens? They're found unfaithful. Mm. And with that, it, it puts a blight on the name of the Lord. And he's, yeah. he's saying, this is why um, you know, my daughter asked my, oh, I shouldn't tell on her, but I, you know, <laughs> my kids, <clears throat> I'll say it this way. I tell my kids, um, you know, my daughter asks, you know, dad, don't, if I take something away that I feel like, Hey, you don't need this um, right now or something like that. They're like, dad, don't you trust me or whatever. I'm like, well, I trust you, but I don't trust the devil. And mm. I know how the devil works. And so I'm, I'm going to be having a watchful eye to see how well you do with this season of time where you're limited in your freedom mm-hmm. and God does the same thing. So um, yeah, I guess yeah. I'm, I guess I'm uh, giving you a long explanation, but your question was, was there a time when I saw God kind of expand? Yes, there was. Um, and I would say it happened. Um, this is going to help many of you as well. It happened after God began to give me glimpses about bigger level things, about maybe I would say uh, a greater territory. Like he started to give me dreams about the nation. And um, and then I thought, well, why is he giving me these dreams? Honestly, I'm like, what am I going to do about it? <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess I'll pray. And that's also a test. When God gives you a dream, listen to this. When God gives you a dream or a word about something that you may not fully understand or it feels bigger than you, you don't know what to do about it. There's a scripture in Jeremiah that says, if there be a prophet and he has the word of the Lord, let him make intercession. The key is first, you're required to carry this thing in intercession. Mm, and so good. begin to pray it through. This is the place of testing. And the place where you're actually being found faithful to carry what you're being shown. So you go into prayer and then guess what? As you're faithful with that, God might give you more. And then you're like, okay, God, what do I do with that? Well, so it started with me about 2016. I started to get dreams for the nation. And now from time to time here and there, I might have a random dream for the nation. But that was a very, very far and few between thing. 2016, I started to dream like a, like on a whole other level for uh, the United States 
and for the kingdom, uh, God's kingdom in and what he wanted to do in the United States. Mm. And so what when that happened, I started to pray about these things. And then I would start to get dreams where prophets would come to me in the dreams and say, Andrew, you're being called to the war room for the nation. Okay, so that happened to me multiple times. And I finally had to agree, even though I didn't understand. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to begin to shift my identity. And this is what I want to tell you. Whenever God transitions you into a new season, it often requires a new way of thinking. Mm. If you're being given a new place of territory, a new measure of increase, it requires that you identify differently than you have in the past. Mm -hmm. In the past, I was, um, you know, my wife and I, we were a young couple who were known to be leaders in central Illinois. And that was about the, the measure of it, you know. And then God said, quit the ministry and go or quit the house of prayer and the church that you're working for right now. He told us pretty long story. I won't go into it, but pretty profound story, how he uprooted us and told us you're going to move to Colorado Springs. And he said, you're going there to touch the nation and the nations. And so guess what? I began to prophesy it. And whenever I would write letters and tell people that we were moving and transitioning, I said, Hey, I'm moving and transitioning because I'm going to now begin to touch the nation and the nations. Well, guess what? Fast forward. I moved to Colorado. The moment I land in Colorado, about a week later, for the first time in my life, I'm flying to the nations. I'm, I'm God's sending me into the nations. Then he begin to, begins to align me with different people. Lou Engel, Dutch Sheets, uh, others. Will Ford, all of these kind of national nice. level voices and prophets. Yeah. He starts to align me with them because he's saying, well, now that you've thought you've you've understood that this is where I'm positioning you, you're beginning to receive who I'm bringing to you. Um, But a lot of it requires a shift in mindset. So that began to happen in 2016, 2017. And from there on, uh, the Lord, the Lord basically said, Andrew, be now now that you have so here's another important thing now that you're thinking differently about your identity so i actually began to believe in my heart that god was saying andrew i'm calling you to be a prophet a prophet first and foremost a prophetic intercessor for mm-hmm. america and i had to think on that level and he said now i don't want you just to think that that is who you're called to be. Now I want you to be really, really begin to take responsibility, Mm. take responsibility for this uh, nation, begin to really step into it. And um, anyway, I hope this is helping. Oh, dude, I know it's helping. Yeah, absolutely, dude. And I think you hit on something that's really, really, really important and can't be overstated. And it's the waiting on the Lord. And I think it's one thing a lot of people watching, a lot of us, including myself even, there's prophetic words that have not come to pass yet. I They're not even on the horizon yet. And I think that there's this thing of like, we see a lot of illustration in the Bible of people who got words from the Lord 
and then tried to take it into their own hands to try and and materialize that in their own ability. And I think like for me, I went through an, it has been I, I, like now it's, I'm out of it, but an eight year quiet season, eight years, dude, of just yeah. the Lord setting me aside, working on some soul things, working on some things that for the next area that I was going to go into, he needed me. He needed to set me aside like that. And there were still moments where I was able to minister to people and all that stuff. But there was an eight year quiet season of just waiting on the Lord. And it was one of those things. And I'm sure you've been in situations like this too, where it's like the fear of the Lord came on me and it was like, I dare not step an inch farther than where God has me right now, because I know I know that I know that I know that I'm not supposed to, and that this is where I'm supposed to be right now. Eight years, you know, and, um, and so I don't know, man, like I, I totally, I think it's really important for people to know that this is a process that if you think, you know, following the Lord and all of a sudden, boom, 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 all these things are going to happen in a short time period, you know, even like reading in the Bible, we lose track of time. We lose track of time with somebody. How long between God saying this and then God fulfilling something could have been decades, you know? And, um, and I think it's, it's important to keep that in the forefront of mind that this is a process, man. Like, yeah. and, and I mean, you're, you're illustrating that just through your story that you just shared that this takes time, you know, it does. So, yeah, it does. And, you know, I, I think that, um, I told this, let me share this because I think this is going to help right now. Let me tell you where we're at. Yeah. Okay. So we are in a season and everybody, I mean, we, we've all said this, everybody's in a different place in their walk, right? You know, Mm -hmm. we've all got, we're all in a different maybe season of our journey, our personal journey with the Lord. We're all in a, maybe a different level of our faith, you know, with God and our, our history with him. And so God's not going to take away from that personal journey that every single one of us have. However, let me just broad stroke it right now and say that the whole entire kingdom right now, all the body of Christ has come to a moment of crossover and breakthrough. Mm. It's not going to look the same for every single individual. But see, there are moments in times, just like it was with Israel, when Moses came on the scene and delivered them out of Egypt. And then, and, uh, you know, that was a time of a great, you know, in one fell swoop, all of them came into a whole new transition time. Mm-hmm. And in the same with Joshua, when Joshua came on the scene to, to take the mantle of Moses and bring them into the promised land, that was another whole uh, that, that was all the nation of Israel was crossing over. And so, you know, but their inheritance, when they got to the other side, all looked unique and individual. You know, some people got certain portions of land. Some actually stayed on this side of the Jordan. Some stayed on the other. And so there were different dimensions of how that inheritance looked. But here's what I want to say is everyone right now, I, I believe, needs to um, re-enlist right now to say god i i i want to step into this transition moment Mm. of laying hold 
of the next great uh, season of crossover that you're bringing mm. your people to. I yeah, want to step into the inheritance that you have for your people. And whatever that looks like in my own life, I want to receive what you have called me uh, to take hold of. I want to step into my promised land. And I mm. actually believe, I told some people recently, I do an online community group. I said, hey, right now is a time to actually press in and, and believe that God is not leaving you to die yeah. in the wilderness. <laughs> it is actually a time where you're going to find yourself blown away by how fast things begin to suddenly accelerate. Things are mm. about to shift. And there's been a lot of people in a waiting place, just like you said, these, yeah. these long waiting seasons. But we're all in a, a time where God's getting ready to accelerate us. Yeah. And so it may look different for you and me individually. Mm -hmm. But either way, this is the season we've come to. We're going yeah. to be accelerating forward. And uh, yeah. so I hope that makes sense. It makes total sense, dude. Yeah, yeah. it totally does. Um, and it's cool to see there's like a lot, a lot of different people are saying something very similar to that, which is, which is to me is just, it's like this chorus, you know, everybody's coming into harmony, um, speaking the word of the Lord. Um, and it's just, it's blatantly loud to a lot of us that this is, this is what's happening. And so I love, I love that. So. Yeah. Well, brother. can you, man, we're like, we're almost out of time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one really quick, actually, because this kind of, I guess, sort of comes, uh, ties along with this, what you said just now. And you just had uh, an epic dream of strategy from the Lord. Yeah. Um, that Would you mind sharing that? It was when you shared yesterday, I believe. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I, I, um, I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but if I'll say what I remember, sometimes I, I write all my dreams down so I can go yeah. back and remember all the details, but I'll say the gist of what I remember right now off the top yeah. of my head. But let me just, I'll just say this. God has been, he has been staying on theme with me about us being in a season of crossover and specifically on what that means and what we need to do about it. Mm. So um, I just put in the private chat, a link to it. If you want, if you wanted to read it, you don't have to. Oh, good. Let me, let me go there. Yes. Yeah, in the little private chat right there. Yeah. I see it here. All right. Yeah. Okay, no. cool. All right. Let me just read this then. Yeah. Okay. So in my dream, um, I heard the Lord say, it is my ambush season. Do what I tell you. Sounds like the Lord. Do what I tell yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He has to be pretty clear with me. Do what I tell you. All right. It's my ambush season. Do what I tell you. So in the dream, he said, gather up all of your childhood dreams and things that you never saw come to life. Gather up your promises that are unfulfilled and gather up every word over your life and destiny that has seemed lifeless and dead. So in the dream, I looked down and saw that my arms were, you know, like, like I went to pick up all these dreams and all these things that maybe hadn't seemed like they had ever been fulfilled. I, and I went to go pick them up, but I looked down and my arms were full of rocks and stones 
as well as toy plastic army guys. And so I looked around. There were other people with me or around me who were also doing the same thing. And their arms were full of stones, rocks, and toy army guys. So just ahead, I saw a massive, in the dream, I saw a massive fortress. And I knew it was called Jericho. And just for a little history Bible lesson, that was the first city stronghold uh, that the Israelites, when they crossed over into Canaan, into their promised land, that was the first uh, city that they had to conquer that was standing in their way. Okay, so uh, I saw the fortress Jericho. I knew that this was a prophetic picture of what stands in the way of breaking through into promised land. Next in the dream, myself, along with the others, who had their arms full of rock stones and army guys, we were directed to set them up all around the walls of Jericho. So it was like we were, you know, I took these stones and I'm like, okay, let's stand up the stones. Let's stand up the rocks. Let's put these plastic army guys on the ground. Had to stand them up all the way around. <clears throat> so um, I was concerned though that the enemy would see us, but he, and I knew in the dream, he did see us, but he didn't care. And we were told by someone, the enemy thinks that these things that you're putting out around the walls are lifeless, but God is about to breathe life on them and animate them with power to destroy the enemy. I was like, that was such an incredible, whoa, that was a God moment in that yeah. dream. So here is what I felt was the prophetic directive was it's, I believe it's a time to be, um, Right now, it's a time-sensitive dream because this is the moment we're in. We're in a crossover season, and God's saying it's a. this is a blueprint for how to break through right now. He needs our agreement and faith so that we can reconnect with our old dreams, our old words, our old promises, things that we've, we've felt have maybe died or never, ever came to life. God's saying, I don't care what it's looked like or what it's felt like. I need you to pick these up in your arms, just mm -hmm. like the stones and the rocks, and put them around this fortress, this stronghold that is wanting to keep you from your promised land. And so this is what God's about to do. He is going to lay siege. He's going to lay siege to this Jericho, this wall, uh, uh, this blockade that wants to keep you from crossing over into inheritance and promise. And with, he's going to use dreams and promises and words that have not been fulfilled. And he's going to breathe on them to bring it forth uh, to destroy this stronghold. So, mm. and um, yeah, these are going to be weapons of ambush. I love ambush. I love thinking about God ambushing. You know, the enemy has, he's stuck in his stronghold. He's got these walls of what he thinks are security protecting him. And he looks at our dreams. This is what the enemy's doing. He's looking at our dead dreams, our promises that are not fulfilled. He's looking at our discouragement. He's looking at our hope deferred. He's looking at our disappointment and he's saying, I have nothing to fear from them. All of that is dead, but watch what God's about to do. He's about to breathe life and hope back in us. And we're going to move forward in Jesus name. So, amen. Dude. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Well, man, can you just, um, so is it just as, as simple as just taking back up those dreams and, and beginning to, to, to kind of walk them out again? Is it, um, you know, I know it could look a lot of different ways, but how, do, how have you got any impression of like what exactly this looks like for people? That's great, man. I think honestly it has to do with um, 
it has to do with reconnecting. Um, well, let me say this. I had a dream recently. In the dream, the Lord gave me a key. And you want to know what the key said? It said Deuteronomy chapter 20. Okay. Okay, what's well, Deuteronomy chapter 20? It has to do, it has to do with the, the laws of war or the rules for war. So when the Israelites would go to war, the Lord said this, when you go to war, this is what you're supposed to do. And there's a whole chapter about what you're supposed to do. Well, let me capture a few things in the very beginning that the Lord says. He says, when you go to war, you must remember the God, uh, the God who delivered you out of Egypt is going with you. you know, the mm. first thing he tells you to do is to remember that you were already in a place of, of captivity. You were already in bondage. You were already up against impossible odds. You had, a, you had the Red Sea in front of you. There was literally no way of escape. And God is saying, I want you to reconnect back to that God. It's the same God that's going with you into this present moment in time. And so just like God supernaturally miraculously brought deliverance then he's going to do the same now all i want you to do now is set up your dreams yeah look it's a rock it's a stone it's a it's a plastic army guy it looks dead it does yeah. not look like it can do anything but <laughs> the point is god's saying set it up stop yeah. don't pull it out get it back in front of you start to put it back so i'm banging on my table <laughs> yeah start to put it back in the promised land, put this thing before you because right now God's saying it's not up to you. What is up to you is to obey that, mm. that I gave you these things and don't let them disappear. Bring them up again. Pull, Come them on, out, dude. pull them up, set them up. I am going to animate them and break through strongholds. The dreams are going to take on life. Listen, oh, God man. is going to bring resurrection power to the dreams again. Mm. He is going. To th I'm telling you, the, the season of acceleration we're coming in, we're going to be like it was when Israel was delivered out of bondage uh, from Babylon. They're going to say we were like those who dreamed. We were like those who dreamed. It's going to be a joyous occasion in days and seasons ahead Come because on. God is going to get all the glory. Listen, mm -hmm. no man's going to be like, hey, I did this. No, no, God is going to be like, this was impossible for you to do, but with me, you know, amen. God is going to do this thing. So yes, amen. Pull um, yeah. up these dreams. Just, just say, God, I'm going to do what you say right now. This is the blueprint. Set up my dreams. I'm going to, I'm going to just bring them before me. Hey, you, God, you told me that I was going to be a, a voice to the nations. Well, right now I'm stuck at a, you know, a, a nine to five job in a basement of a factory, you know, what is it? Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to put that right out here and just say, okay, God, I'm setting it up. I can't do anything with it. But the fact of the matter is that's what God's looking for. He's saying, will you remember what I spoke? Will mm. you remember those longings? Will you remember and reattach your heart to me, the God of great, uh, breakthroughs, great mm, so deliverance. So, mm. amen, man. That's, oh, that's dude, uh, <laughs> I love it. That's amazing. Well, can you pray? Can you pray for people? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. just praise you, feel led, man. Father, I just thank you so much for every single person 
every single person who's on here, listening, wherever they're at right now. And Lord, I pray a release of your Holy Spirit. God, I just pray right now, touch every person. I speak to every heart. I speak to the hope deferred right now in every heart. I say where there has been heart sickness, heart heaviness, heart brokenness, heart disconnection. I just call forth every area, every area of disconnect and brokenness. And I release the mending balm of the Mm -hmm. Lord right now in Jesus name. I call forth every shattered part of your soul and I call back wholeheartedness right now. I just say your portion, your inheritance is to be wholehearted. And God, I thank you that even right now, your anointing is coming to bring forth a mending, a healing, a a reordering of their hearts. And God, I thank you that even right now, I just release your word over them that God says, the dreams I gave you, the longings I put in you, even as a young child, they're not dead. Though they look dead, I am the God of resurrection. And even now the Lord, who is the resurrection and the life, is coming into your moment in time to bring forth and animate these things so Mm -hmm. that you can cross over and possess. And so, Lord, I pray right now a fresh wind of the Spirit. I pray a release of angels. I pray a a release of the winds. Your your, uh, angels are winds. Your servants, flames of fire. Send forth your winds and your fire, oh God. I pray touch every heart. Begin to visit them in the night seasons. I'm just speaking, God, revelation and dreams in the night, Lord. Open the heavens, God. I just ask God, messenger angels, angels with breakthrough anointing, God, angels with assignments, let them be released this moment. And I pray a whole new level of prophetic dreaming would come forth into your saints right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. You know, and I'm just hearing, um, I'm hearing that some of you, God says, I'm changing the way that ministry looks in this new day. And I hear the Lord saying, I'm going to raise up unusual weapons. (laughs) I hear the Lord say it's unconventional warfare. It doesn't look like it's always looked. It doesn't seem typical. But God says, I am anointing you. And many of you are coming into places Uh, of influence, of creativity, of innovation. And you're going to produce things that actually expand the kingdom of God into the future generations that the church in its present form could or cannot do. But the church is going to take on a dimension of creativity, kingdom brilliance, and it's going to be expressed in multi- uh, creative forms. And I hear that many of you right now, God's saying inventions are coming. No, literal, literal mm-hmm. inventions are coming. Literal inventions are coming. I'm, I'm working with uh, a couple guys right now. These guys through dreams are getting inventions and they've already got like uh, between them. Uh, one guy's got 60, six zero patents One guy's got nine patents. Another woman, she's got about 30 patents. I'm telling you, these are coming in the realm of the spirit. 
And I just feel like God's saying there are many of you on here right now. And God's saying, I'm going to give you inventions that become the answer to problems that do not yet exist. They're the answer before there's ever a problem. And God's saying, you're not going to know what to do with it, but I'm raising you up for such a time as this. And I just hear that there are many of you right now who are going to find yourself in businesses and occupations that you thought, I don't even know why I'm here. And God's just, <laughs> God is going to uh, put such favor on you that you're going to, I, I see uh, ships, whole ships turning. And the Lord says that uh, the organization or the corporation was going in one direction. But because of the favor on your life, your influence is going to turn the ship in a whole different direction. And God says, right now, I'm releasing ship turners. I don't even know what that is, but I, <laughs> there are <laughs> ship turners coming and you're going to turn mm. the ship. And God says, it's going to turn for the good. It's going to bring forth the salvation of many souls. It's going to lead companies and organizations into kingdom principles and values and bring glory to my name. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank yes, you, Lord. Jesus. And there are some right now who I, I, I hear the word um, screenwriting, screenwriting. Um, yeah, screenwriting. And I hear the name Brandon. Brandon and screenwriting. And um, and I don't know what a playwright is. I don't even know if there is such a thing as a playwright, but I'm hearing playwright. So I'm okay. I'm going <laughs> to say playwright. So there's some of you that, that are getting um, uh, downloads for these things. And, and this is the thing. I just want to be, I want you to be encouraged right now. God is not, <laughs> he's not taking the things that seem like they can break through into the promised land. He's taking the things that seem like they couldn't like the things that you wouldn't even think are the weapons. God's saying, I am weaponizing them for my purposes and my glory. So right now I just bless everyone here. Holy spirit, touch, touch, touch more. Holy spirit more mm -hmm. right now. God, I just thank you. Father. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, mm -hmm. Lord. Hey, you know, um, Jeff, if I can just be so bold and say, I feel in my spirit that you guys with Elijah, uh, Elijah fire. Did I say that right? You did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just saw all of a sudden, you know, I, I know that you guys are doing this, this video format. Um, but if I, I, I all of a sudden just saw like, um, like a spindle, like, like a wheel with all these different spindles. And I just felt like there were all these different connect points you were going to begin to make into the culture into mm. the younger generations and it Come was on. this was one uh form of it but i i'm going to tell you i also heard conferences and um i also uh mm. yeah there were schools there were there was like training seminar schools there were conferences um there were there were pamphlets or like um booklets of uh there were pamphlets and booklets of like multicolors. And I, I'm even seeing, um, I'm even seeing like different voices, mothers and fathers. It's almost like there, it's like a, uh, an infusion of voices and names that get lost in the glory of God. It's just this beautiful picture of wisdom mm. and training and teaching in these, 
in these booklets. And that could be literal booklets or it could be uh, digital formats. I don't know. I just mm-hmm. want to share this with you. And yeah. now that I'm in a role, I get on this. I'm like, well, I better not lose it. Better just say it now. So. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, so, dude. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yes. Amen. Well, yes Father, do amen. this for every person in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. In Jesus' mm-hmm. name. Amen. amen. Andrew, man, bro. Yes. This is this is this is the way I saw it going. And it, Come on, man. Spirit, in my spirit, this is the way I saw it going. And it was good. Um, how can people follow you, dude? Yeah, no. Um, so anyway, people can follow me. I do a website called uh Vanquish PW, which stands for prophetic warrior. So Vanquish pw.com and then i also right now the only social media i have is uh facebook so my daughter tells me that that i'm old because all i have is facebook so i'm i'm trying i gotta revamp i gotta branch out a little bit but you gotta do some instagram dude you know yeah i know uh, yeah (laughs) i gotta i gotta branch out but if you want come join i do a a group there's a private group it's called vanquish prophetic warriors on Facebook, you can click to join on there and um, it will let you in. And it's, it's a really good community. We do a lot of, uh, I, I update a lot with prophetic dreams and words. And, and then my wife and I together lead a business slash ministry called Unapologetic Dreamers. And so we do a lot of, we do classes on dreaming. We help activate dreams. We do, we work with businesses and different different spheres of society to help find the word of the Lord and, and different things. So anyway, uh, that is the unapologetic dreamers.com. Uh, you want to go there. So, yeah. And yeah. everybody, you know, the drill, all that good stuff is in the description. Go follow them, join those groups. I, I didn't know about the, um, the other one, the prophetic warriors one, but I, I am on the unapologetic dreamers one. you sent me an invite, I've been following for a couple months now, I think. It's great. It's, I mean, all the stuff that I shared that, you know, is stuff that you shared on there. And um, it's just really, you guys are, like I said earlier, you guys are such encouragers. Um, and I love that. Uh, and you guys are just, I can tell you're invested in people. And that's, that's really good, man. So, amen, yeah. man. Thank you so much, bro. Absolutely. This was, this was great. So, love, yeah. love being with you guys. Love what you're yeah. doing. Amen. Thanks, man. Everybody, that is our show. Go do something you love. God bless you guys. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Click the link in the description for more info on how you can donate today.